everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Enlighten Me podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and I'm so pumped that you're listening today. Right now, you are listening to part two of my interview with Sandy and Callie, the mother-daughter team who run No Talks Life. This interview is all about what non-toxic living is, so if you missed the last episode, we discussed what toxins are and why they're so gross and why we definitely don't want them in our products. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend you go do that first so that you can track along with us in this conversation. That episode was super interesting to me, and one of my biggest takeaways from it was the links to all these health issues that we see going on today. If you've been around a while, you know that cancer and infertility are two really common things that seem to just be on the rise. And I wonder this, could our toxic load, the amount of toxins that we are consuming on a daily basis, especially that are coming from products that we use every day, could our toxic load be linked to these health problems? I really think they could, and I think that if you go listen to part one of this interview, you will probably walk away wondering the same thing. One example that Callie points out is baby powder. Baby powder was used for so, so long. Some people still have it in their medicine cabinets today. And now they're finding out that it's linked to ovarian cancer. I mean, how crazy is that that we could go for so many years using this product, thinking it's totally fine, using it on infants, and now we find out it causes cancer. I have a feeling that that is going to be the case with so many products that we use nowadays. How many other things will that happen with? So this conversation really just makes me want to go back to the basics and be as natural as possible. And I think most people would agree that that's a good practice. And what Sandy and Callie are doing with No Tox Life is truly helping with that. Today, in part two of the interview, we're talking about what ingredients they do use in their products, what makes them super effective, what products of theirs are absolute must-tries, and also their tips for what to look for in other stores that you're buying from or products that you're using. So we're not just talking about their products today, but really this is a consumer's guide for how to live that low toxic lifestyle. In this conversation, the discussion of the benefits of solids versus liquids, that truly blew my mind and has completely changed the way that I shop. I think you'll feel the same way, so make sure you pay close attention during that part of the conversation. Something else we talk about is all their efforts to produce less waste in their packaging and in their production process. I think that one's really cool. It's so clear that they're being conscious of not just the health of people, but the health of our planet, and they talk about how those two correlate to each other. That's something that I just really love about their business. We talk about some of their recommendations for books to read and documentaries to watch. So, you know, if your quarantine reading list is starting to get a little low or you feel like you've watched pretty much everything possible on Netflix, they will give you some good recommendations here. And I put links to all those things in the show notes. And I'm going to give you a heads up. Don't sleep on the mushrooms, okay? Everything you thought you knew about mushrooms, I mean, wow, your your opinions are going to be changed. So pay attention to what Callie has to say about the mushrooms. Like I said, go listen to part one first if you haven't done so. And while you're over there, subscribe, leave a review. Don't forget, I'm still donating money for reviews that I get in this time. I am a quarter of the way to my goal. I would love to give away $100. Right now, I'm at the $25 mark. So please leave me reviews so that I can give away money, okay? All right, here is part two of my conversation with Sandy and Callie from No Talks Life. Yeah, well, that's really interesting. And and so I want to talk about like what you guys are doing and, you know, what's what your products are like and what's in your products. But I I feel like this is like you said, it's 
such a big conversation. It's hard to just say like, do this, don't do this, look out for this. You know, it's, it is something people really need to do their own research on, but I do find it really, really interesting. Like, you know, not only has cancer become such a huge problem in our world, but also infertility. Yeah. And I feel like I'd kind of, I haven't done a ton of my own research on this, but I'd heard that, you know, I, I listened to a podcast and this girl was talking about how she'd had a couple of miscarriages. And one of the things she did was cut out toxins in her household products. And I was like, that's super interesting. I never thought of that. But what you were saying with hormones, that makes sense to me. And again, it's not, I think it's something that there's a lot of research still being done on these things, but it's like, this makes sense when you like piece the puzzles together. It's like, how could this not be related? Really good point. Yeah. Really, really, really yeah, good, I yeah. think that, I think that our system in the U.S. at least for regulating products is, it's not, not ideal at the moment because yeah. it's kind of like the assumption that everything is safe until we hear otherwise. And that's why, you know, baby powder could be sold for, what was it, 50 years? Yeah. And then people start getting mm-hmm. ovarian cancer. So mm-hmm. companies don't have to do testing on products mm-hmm. that are released into the marketplace, unlike Europe. Yeah. And there's no national database of what ingredients are safe or not there are some restricted ingredients yeah but not very many many. (laughs) so I feel like with the technology that we have today there should be a better system not a system Mm -hmm. that is gonna make everyone go out of business because it's so hard to comply with it but something that allows companies to share information and allows the general public to submit information like reactions to products. So then you could have a national database of that. And then it could be like, oh, wow, you know, this is a, you know, let's just say retinols, because I know that those are popular and have been popular. So like, we find out over the course of a year that 20% of people have reactions to retinols. So like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe those aren't... These are just made up numbers, right? Yeah, I'm just making okay. up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm supposing, you know, maybe those aren't as safe as we presumed. So then those can be looked into and that information can be shared among companies who are creating those products, you know? So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that should be and could be done with modern technology to make products mm-hmm. safer. Yeah, for sure. Well, so in the meantime, we can buy products from you guys and know that they're safe (laughs) until we have that great technology. So I want to talk about what you guys are doing with your business. Uh, Can you just first kind of tell us what makes your products non-toxic? Like what are some of the main ingredients that you guys are using that you trust that makes your products non-toxic and effective? These are good questions. (laughs) We, we try to make sure we always develop our products for sensitive skin. So we don't, okay. we don't just we don't just develop something and then develop this other one that's for sensitive skin. We just try to make from the very beginning products that are good for sensitive skin. So for most people, you're not going to have a problem using our products. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. if you're immune comp- compromised or obviously we don't we're not making things specifically for babies. So you know, obviously you could have a, you could be in a demographic that would be maybe not 
you'd be even more sensitive skin than our than what we're developing it for. Uh-huh. But most of our products are going to be able to be used by most people. And that's really what we're looking for. We're not trying to be like everything to everyone. We're going to help be an alternative to what people are picking up in the drugstore. And yeah. so what we're using are things like olive oil and aloe vera and... Coconut-derived cleansers yeah. that are gentle. Yeah. Coconut oil. Yeah. Shea butter. Shea butter. Right. Things that are pretty close to the original you know, out of the ground uh, plant. Mm-hmm. Everything that we make is vegan. Everything that we make and, and develop is, has no animal byproducts, has no, it's cruelty free. It has no animal testing. It has no bee products, no honey, none of that. Everything. That we yeah. do. So that's another thing that we're trying to do because toxicity in the agriculture, in the livestock business is that's rampant. You know, we've uh, got, yeah. yeah, you get it. You know, with the pollution yeah. and with the you know amount of water and resources that are that go into the livestock agriculture business, uh-huh. that's a toxic load on the environment. So we're we're trying to avoid that too. We're also trying to minimize our waste. I guess is a good mm-hmm. way of saying it. We yeah. we try to make products that because we do a lot of solid form products and we want to do solid form products. When you're done with the product. There's really nothing left. There's no waste. There, yeah. there, there may be a paper wrapper, but you can, uh-huh. you know, write love notes on it and get <laughs> turn them into Valentine's cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really cool. So your deodorant is one of your more popular items, right? Absolutely. And I'm a I'm a No Tox Life deodorant believer. It's Yay. my favorite. <laughs> favorite deodorant that I've ever used and I can't tell you how many times I've purchased deodorant from like the farmer's market like a different vendor and they're like it's amazing it works so well and it's all natural and how many times I've been like this does not work very well (laughs) but your deodorant I love is I'm never gonna buy another deodorant honestly Um, thank you so what makes it so effective and and you mentioned to me too that you don't use baking soda and I want to know why why you pointed that out. Is there something wrong with baking soda? Yeah, so when you're... Baking soda is great for deodorizing your refrigerator. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the thing that is unique about the underarm is it's usually pretty sensitive because uh-huh. it's like soft, soft skin. Okay. And people are often shaving or waxing. And then in the middle of the armpit, you have like where the hair grows or if it doesn't grow, you have those glands where the sweat is coming out and um, sweat itself doesn't generally stink. But when it comes to the surface, you have bacteria eating those proteins that are coming out there and those bacteria off gas and let off ammonia like smells. And so What some companies will do is they'll, for example, use aluminum, which will close the pores. It'll basically form a plug in the pores, mixing with your sweat, and it'll physically plug the pores. It also can get into the sweat glands and shrink them under the skin. So that's not natural. And Uh even though your body excretes fluids in other ways, it is important, we believe, to let yourself sweat. So our deodorant lets you sweat. Mm-hmm. And 
what it does is it has enzymes that are going to be similar to brewer's yeast, and they actually help eat the bacteria on the surface of the skin that is causing that bad odor. Hmm. So, yeah, instead of blocking the sweat or in the case of baking soda, what baking soda does is it raises the pH really high so that the bacteria don't want to thrive, which can cause imbalances and irritation because of either the high pH or the graininess of the baking soda. Okay. So, which some people can tolerate that. Some people are totally fine with baking soda deodorants, but Uh it's a pretty high percentage of people that aren't. In our direct interactions with people, it was around 25% or more who had had a reaction to a baking soda Mm. deodorant. Okay. And that reaction can be really a problem because it can get red and rashy and very irritated, almost like a like a heat rash or a diaper rash. Most people, it doesn't well, start right away. It, it usually takes like three months for it to start. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So in your opinion, is baking soda safe for like a cleaning agent, but maybe just not for a body care product? Yeah, baking soda is, is it's a really great good. Cleaning agent. Yeah, really good at cleaning. Yeah. You can use it. It's people, like- there are some people who do fine with baking soda in their deodorant. Um, there are some, a lot of people who don't. So Again, if you're yeah. not if you're using a deodorant and it's working for you, great. Yeah. Go for it. And and you could I have not made baking soda deodorants, but you could conceivably make mm-hmm. one that would be generally non-irritating, but you would have to work gotcha. pretty hard at that. <laughs> so, it it's just not it's not an ingredient that I think is the best ingredient to put under your arms cuz your arms are delicate Baking soda is scratchy. Your arm rubs against itself. It's going to chafe. Like, I'm not seeing it as a good a good ingredient to put there. Yeah, sure. No, that that's good to know. Yeah. Okay, and then you mentioned, too, your commitment to trying to be, you know, low waste, which I think is super awesome. Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk about how you guys do that? You know, whether it's in how you make your products or how you package them, all that good stuff? Yeah, so initially... When we started the company selling at farmer's markets, a lot of our products were actually low waste. It was frankly because we hadn't like come up with a package. So we were just like, you know, and this is a shave bar and this is a soap bar and this is a... And it was all unpackaged, Yeah, this is a face bar, you know, so like we just Uh had like a label in front on the booth and then people could read the ingredients or we would tell them the ingredients. Uh And then as we started becoming a bit more professional in our presentation we started packaging things more and then we didn't know in those early days that plastic was a problem because at least in California it's always been like recycle you know you put it in the blue bin it gets recycled yeah there was no indication that recycling didn't work Like nobody was talking about that at all. Right. Not back then. Yeah. So we were like, okay, like we had literally had no thought or that it was a problem. Right. And it wasn't until about two, two and a half years ago that we started hearing from some of our customers in our store. They're like, okay, well, this product is really natural and I love it and my face loves it, but why is it in plastic? Can I please like refill my own container 
And this was like a very foreign concept to us. We're like, "Uh, refill your own container. That's weird. This was a few years ago. Yeah, like that's odd. Why would you do that? Right. And we had enough people asking about it that we decided to do some research along with our new store manager we had just hired, Stormy, who runs our LA store. Uh And then we realized, oh, this plastic is not getting recycled for the most part. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. once we really realized that, we realized that it's irresponsible as a company to say like, yay, we're selling the best natural products, but it's all in plastic. Because because then you're just creating further environmental problems for the rest of the world. And then you're like, Uh you know, it's kind of like this elitist, like I'm in my little high castle with my organic cleanser but i don't care about how that plastic bottle is going to affect people a thousand years from now when it's still sitting there right you know right and and some types of plastic could even be like absorbed into the product exactly yeah so it it honestly was just like once we started to learn that you start going down that rabbit hole and we realized that yeah we needed to start creating products that did not create extra waste. Right. So that's when we started getting into the whole idea of getting solids as opposed to liquids. And we had already been doing that with our facial cleansing bar, which we'd been making from the beginning. So it's been almost six years I've been making this facial cleansing bar, which is fantastic. And it's a solid facial cleansing bar. And when we first introduced it, people were like, but do you have any face wash? And we're and like, I, this is face this wash. This is a face wash. <laughs> like, but, it's, but, but how do you use it? And I'm like, you rub it on your face. I mean, With it's water. Like, <laughs> but then now people are, now they're really embracing that whole idea of like, oh, you have, oh, you have a solid facial cleanser. That's yeah. amazing. Uh-huh. Like, Man, yeah. I, I had this six years ago. <laughs> So, and then um, coming out with our solid uh, dish block, which works great and it cleans Uh great. I also have that and I agree. It works great. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) We have, and of course, bar soap. So it's funny, but, and we're, we've got other plans, which we can't disclose right this way. Okay. okay. I know we have future, we have future plans. (laughs) So... Hopefully, in a few months, we'll have more solid products on our website. Cool. Available. But we sell our products to around 800 stores, and which has grown rapidly in the last couple of years. And we do have we do make liquid products for our store in Los Angeles. But we've had people ask, like, "Oh, can I buy the liquids?" And you know, the thing is, transporting a glass jug around the world for a product that's 60 to 95% water, that is not eco-friendly. Right. And so we really want to spread the message and create products that embrace solids. Right. Because, for example, our solid dish block can replace one or even up to three bottles, depending on what size bottle, of liquid dish soap. Uh-huh. Liquid dish soap is typically 75 to 80 or more percent water uh-huh. so, and it comes in plastic and comes in plastic and in this example of like dawn dish soap their cleansers are made from petroleum uh-huh. so the carbon footprint of sending a plastic bottle that's mostly water around the world is very high like most people would not i hope 
buy, you know, bottled water from Australia if they're living in the U.S. Uh-huh. So they buy Fiji. No, they buy Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> so we really think that if you can reduce that extra water and not have to sell something in a plastic package, that's going to make a huge, huge impact on the environment. I mean, mm-hmm. based on our research, our solid dish block is about one-tenth the impact of liquid bottles of soap. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. That's that's really super interesting to me because I'd never thought about the solid versus liquid benefits. But that makes sense. So I'm going to start thinking about that more when I buy my stuff. And, and I like, too, that you guys, that you're conscious with your shipping and packaging materials. And I know you try to use, like, reuse boxes, you know, even if they're from other stores, which I think is super cool. And I've recommended that to some of the businesses that I work with, like, hey, you know, save a little money, ask people, you know, because gosh, I swear my neighbors get an Amazon package every day. And I'm like, <laughs> if, if, you know, businesses just reuse those packages that are already being put out there, that that's a really good idea. Yeah, that's true. That the energy to make new packaging is a lot of energy. If you can reuse yeah. it, it's really good. Yeah. And for us, when we're purchasing packaging materials, we're spending two to four times the normal amount on uh, biodegradable materials. Uh-huh. So it does actually cost us quite a bit more to do shipping because we're purchasing these biodegradable materials. Right. Yeah. But it's important for us because yeah. we're not interested in adding more to the waste stream if possible. Yeah. yeah. And I've, we've even done, which we're not doing right now, but we've even reused plastic materials uh-huh. that, for example, if one of our ingredient suppliers sent something and it was padded in plastic, we tried to reuse it like two other stores yeah, and they got upset. So, we but sp- it's good because yeah. other their yeah. other stores are now waking up to that, saying yeah. like, "Hey, ship ship it to me plastic free." Yeah, we have a bunch of our retailers that that are like, "Can you send it to me plastic free?" And we're like, "Absolutely, right, yeah. not a problem." Yeah, that's cool. It's cool. It's definitely catching on. I think slowly but surely. So yeah, and I think I think it's um, regarding the packaging and the zero waste aspect of it. In my opinion it's in this world it's now just as important as how natural the product is yeah i agree yeah i i think you're right yeah i think what one of the things you're hinting at is like so is this something that you're passionate about and i would say yes we're definitely passionate about trying to reduce the waste and not create more waste in not only in our manufacturing processes but also when the consumer gets the the item at home, what's going to happen then? We're, we're kind of conscious of the whole the whole life cycle of the product. It's funny because Earth Day is coming up, you uh-huh. know, this year is going to be the 50th anniversary of the Earth Day and it'll be my 50th anniversary of participating in Earth Day. Yeah. Because that's when I started was back in 1970 at Earth Day. I was there. Oh, that's cool. That's really neat. Okay, so I want to ask you know, as general guidelines, I guess, what would be a few of your biggest tips? I know we've said multiple times, like people need to do research on their own, really. And I I think I would encourage people, that sounds like a big task. But once you do your research, and you know, like, oh, hey, these are the products I can trust, like most people get into a routine with, you know, be it their cleaning products, or their 
cosmetic products or whatever. And and so once you find those brands that you can trust, you know, th- then you just have those. Like for me, I know I'm just going to buy my deodorant from you from now on. Like I don't mm-hmm. have to keep researching it. And so, but as like a, a as some tips for people, what would you recommend people look for or look out for when they are buying their products? You know, solids instead of liquids is one tip. Do you have any other like big things that you would really recommend people look for? Um, not in plastic packaging because uh-huh. the plastics actually, frankly, are not getting recycled. Mm-hmm. The recycling waste stream uh, is not paying off for a mm-hmm. lot of municipalities and the stuff is ending up in landfills mm-hmm. or it's ending up washing into the ocean, which is even worse. Yeah. So I would say avoid the plastic packaging. Okay. And then if you're going to get something that's in a cardboard box or something like that, which is great, figure out if there's a way you can compost that packaging. Uh-huh. And that, so then that makes you think about it like, okay, I'm thinking about, for example, baking soda that you buy and it's got that little metal spout that yeah. you that you pour out of, or, or even, um, my, uh, dishwashing powder, dishwasher detergent powder, you know, it's got the little metal spout. Well, obviously I'm not going to throw the metal spout into my compost bin because that will not compost. So take out the metal spout and then throw the rest of it in the compost bin. Mm -hmm. So be, be thoughtful about that sort of stuff. I think, I think the easier, I mean, if you want to kind of break it down and have people, do something that's like doesn't require them to do hours and hours of ingredient research. Mm-hmm. I would say find a store or a couple stores where the people who work there or their website or something, you know, indicates what their product standards are and what they use or do not use or what they allow or do not allow on the shelf and make sure that that lines up with what you're looking for as far as natural and then try and shop there. That's a good idea. Like for me, I think that would be if I didn't know what I know and that would be probably the fastest and easiest way to kind of mm-hmm. steer on the safer side. And sure. then as you have time, I would encourage people to kind of like ignore everything that's on the front of the package <laughs> And even half the stuff on the back of the package and <laughs> what people say on Instagram or YouTube and yeah. just like spend some time researching ingredients. And I do not recommend people use the EWG as a first resource okay? because like I said, EWG is taking material safety data sheet information, mm-hmm. which is not applicable to an end product and then putting fear into it. So I would recommend finding some other resources. I can what I can about chemical e- of the day. Chemical of the day. They're pretty good. Yeah, they so have, they're a, pretty balanced. So you can um, Google this um, okay. website. It's I think it's called Chemical of the Day. But if you look at for something called Chemical of the Day, every day they come up with a new chemical and then they start talking about it. Yeah. They explain it. They they're, explain they're it balanced. really well. They're okay, pretty balanced. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. I, I found that one to be pretty good. Yeah, and then I want to say there's <coughs> one called like inky inky decoder that's a good one yeah they're yeah science-based yeah this one's great actually take a photo of the ingredients oh cool yeah this one's fun it's it's called called, so i-n-c-i decoder dot com and then you can go on there you can take a picture of the ingredients or copy paste the ingredients 
and then they have all the ingredients that you can imagine plus you can add new ones and they explain what things are that being said it's not in it's not in english it's not in like the <laughs> the dummy's guide uh-huh. to the ingredients right but it lets you find some sources and then use that as a base to go look up some more research okay. on it right no it's 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 a good one okay oh that's super helpful to know i'll put links to those in the show notes so yeah right. and then there's i need to look this up and email it to you because it's not at the top of my okay. mind right this second but there's another website that has um scientific studies okay that are unbiased and not paid for by any cosmetic companies are you talking about pubmed uh, it's not pubmed okay. no it's it's like related to a federal program if not a federal program but it's not sponsored oh okay and they have unbiased studies about the safety of ingredients so hmm. okay that's a good research. I'll, I'll have to find yeah. it yeah okay cool yeah yeah send it to me and i can make sure people get access to that so very cool excellent yeah. Well, I want to ask you some of my fun questions before I let you go. Oh my uh, <laughs> but if you if you had to, this is probably one of the hardest questions people always struggle with. What would be the main message you want listeners to walk away with? I think you should know your ingredients, mm-hmm. and I think you should try to go with solid form products as much as possible because it it's just less wasteful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have a big we have a big big packaging and plastic crisis in this country right now and other countries that people may not be aware of. And there are a lot of ways that it's probably affecting Uh you there. I read something like we ingest one credit card Uh, worth of plastic a year or something. I think it's more frequently a month. So because tiny pieces of plastic shed from your clothing fibers that are synthetic, they wash down the drain, they shed from like your plastic sponges, they shed from garbage that's getting into the ocean. And Mm -hmm. uh, they shed from like, like synthetic tampons that people wash down the drain that are ending up in sewage and then in uh, water that's released into the ocean. So diapers and baby wipes. Yep, you got it. Yeah. So microplastics are tiny pieces of plastic that are less than five millimeters i believe and the Mm -hmm. ocean has trillions of micro microplastics now so and if you watch i really recommend watching blue planet oh yeah it's so good okay and i've seen that advertised on netflix i think so good so blue planet 2 is the new one it's really good oh Uh, no our planet is the newest one okay and our planet i haven't seen that one yet she watched it Mm. Um, blue planet Two, my husband and I watched that and like most documentaries, he might get a little bored or be like, okay, like, can we watch more (laughs) entertaining? But he was like, let's watch the next one. Like it was really, I mean, it has really beautiful photography. They go to amazing places in the world. But then at the end of each episode, it goes into like, okay, you just saw all about like, you know, orcas, like killer whales, like how they live and how the pods work and how they survive. And it's really, really interesting. And then towards the end of the episode, they'll kind of like drop this little tiny bomb on like, and here's how humans are affecting their ecosystem. Uh It kind of builds with each episode to the final episode, which I will not tell you. But you get there and then you're like, oh, wow. 
we need to do something about how humans are affecting the planet right now. Well, tell uh-huh. me that's about what happened after that last episode aired in England. Oh, yeah. So in the UK, when they so David Attenborough, who narrates this show, um, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, but he yeah. is a uh-huh. huge celebrity in the UK. And when this show aired on BBC in the UK, when the last episode, the last episode, something like 84% of the people who watched it said that they would reduce their reduce or eliminate single-use plastics the next day wow it's an amazing show yeah i mean clearly very effective that's amazing yes yeah that's so cool i'm just waiting for our government to catch on to eliminating single-use plastics if they could just make it a law Honestly, I think we all have to do that ourselves. And I know. Say, it's the whole thing about like, oh, somebody should take care of this. No, we all yeah. have to individually do something right now to take care of this. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not convenient yet for many things. Like yeah. it's very hard to go to the store and buy plastic free food. Especially oh my gosh, if you're so vegan. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like yeah, you're so right. all my vegan cheeses come in plastic. Yeah. What's up with that? And I don't have yeah. time to make vegan cheese at home. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot of difficult things with it. Yeah. Um, you know, focusing on eating whole foods that you can grab without a plastic bag is an easy way to reduce a lot of it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, for our products, we're trying to make them super easy and work really well so people can immediately make a switch and it's not like a hardship. You're not like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm trying to be plastic free, but this shampoo is terrible. You know, like we're trying to make really good products so people can enjoy switching away from plastic. But I think the plastic crisis and the pollution crisis and, you know, climate change, that is the really, really big picture problem that all companies and businesses and people need to start putting some attention on right now. Yeah, I think you're right. That's good. I love finding businesses that like, I love that you guys have your mission of non-toxic products, but that you've incorporated sustainability into that. Because I think if all businesses did that, we would be in a much different place. So I agree. Yeah, it's really cool. Okay, fun questions. What, uh, what's the most impactful book that you've read? (laughs) So it's, it's kind of a combo because I actually watched the show first and then got the book. Mm-hmm. And I would say probably the most impactful for my life is Forks Over Knives. Okay. Mm. Yep. See? Mm. See? Forks Over Knives. <laughs> so you know what that is about, right? Uh, is it about veganism? It's mostly about the health benefits of a plant-based diet. Okay. It doesn't mean that you have to be vegan. Okay. But it means that most of what you eat has to be plant-based okay. or should be because it is just so much healthier. But it's very factual. I really, really, really liked it a lot. And it's what caused us to decide to go vegan, what, nine years ago? I think nine years ago. Yeah. Really impactful for me. Okay. So for me, I would say the most recent impactful books have been about mushrooms <laughs> okay tell me more um so i've always liked mushrooms i mean not when i was a kid when i was a kid i was afraid of mushrooms and i said they were gross even though i never tried them uh-huh. 
it. It just looked gross. I mean, it, it was like shrimp. I I used to tell her I, I was like I hate shrimp. I never. <laughs> they just look gross. Um, but I read a couple books about mushrooms. There's one by the founder of Four Sigmatic, which is a um, mushroom coffee sub. It's like they have a coffee and mushroom mix, and then they have mushrooms you can pour into your coffee. They sell at Whole Foods and Sprouts and a bunch of natural stores. Mm -hmm. The book is called Healing Mushrooms, and the author is – I can't pronounce his last name either. His first name's Taro. I believe he's Finnish or Icelandic. Anyway, very interesting. And then I also read a book by the founder – one of the New York – mycelium society presidents mycelium is like the mushroom family and they it's a long rambling book but it goes into mushrooms and how they interact with plants and what was really interesting to learn is that mushrooms are very related to soil health there are actually tiny mushrooms throughout the soil of healthy soil so okay. I don't know if you've ever like turned over a pile of compost and seen the fibrous the stuff, fibrous, hairy looking white stuff mm-hmm. that grows in there. Uh-huh. Those are actually mushrooms. Oh. And what mushrooms do in relation with plants is mushrooms actually pull nutrients and water towards plants. And they are, they are really? part of the immune system of plants. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, so when I find mushrooms growing in my garden that I didn't mean to be there, that's a good sign. <laughs> that, yes, that's it's probably good. It's probably pretty healthy soil. Um, okay. And a lot of the mushrooms are actually underground and don't even have like a, a flowering head. Uh huh. The world's largest organism is a mushroom. I believe it's four oh. miles long and it's in the forest in Oregon. Oh wow! Yes, it's underground. So that's so crazy. Yeah, so the so why why does any of that matter? Well, when you put pesticides on plants, those pesticides kill mushrooms in the soil. And so you're actually making your plant way more susceptible to getting sick again. Uh-huh. Because you're destroying one thing that the plant uses to get nutrients and water and to help regulate its immune system. Mm-hmm. And if you till the soil like in modern farming you're killing a bunch of mushrooms Hmm. and so isn't that mind-blowing people people wonder why we need so many fertilizers and pesticides and all of this you know and that industry will tell you that this is all completely necessary Mm -hmm. but but now there's a small movement that's starting and people in the farming industry and the agriculture industry talking about how you should not be tilling the soil and how tilling the soil destroys topsoil. So it's just very interesting how... So interesting. This whole kingdom, the mushroom kingdom, which is Uh not technically an animal or a plant, is super important to our health. Who knew? So is there there a book that really helped you understand this like I know you said you read a few but um I think the other one's called mycelium running okay what I did is I how mushrooms can help save the world yeah I think that's the one I just went to like 
the library and checked out every mushroom book I could borrow. On Kindle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's so good to know. I'm like ready to start gardening. Like I was just pulling weeds and I saw some mushrooms and I was like, huh, that's interesting. And now I, that makes me feel really good about <laughs> my garden status. So Yeah, I'm a big fan of mushroom supplements. And that's why I was intrigued by the cookbook, the Healing Mushrooms one, because uh-huh. you can incorporate mushrooms into cooking. Um, yeah. I mean, even just putting mushrooms in your coffee, I've noticed you have to pick the right mushrooms for you. And that's why yeah. I think reading the book is good because – it, it actually will be different for each person. But for me, uh, reishi or reishi mushrooms are my favorite. And uh-huh. they're very balancing. So like if your energy is too high, like if you you know want to drink your coffee, but then it makes you super jittery, that will kind of even that out. Or if you're low energy, it'll kind of gently bring up your energy. It's very calming. It's very yeah. like gives you like kind of like a smooth, even energy. Huh. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. I'm really excited to learn more about that. Very cool. Okay. Now, you have already mentioned a few documentaries. Are there any other things that you think people really need to listen to or watch, like podcasts or other documentaries? I would definitely recommend watching this new Netflix series that came out called, what is it called? Broken. Broken. Yeah. Yeah. There's one episode in particular about recycling that is uh-huh. extremely important and and eye opening and eye opening and it they show in the U.S. they show tours of a recycling center they interview the workers there and find out what is actually recyclable or not and then they go to other countries where we are currently sending our recycling to be dumped uh-huh. and finding out how how all of that plastic waste is affecting those countries. And then they show the process of melting down plastic and what kind of toxins get released into the air when you melt plastic. And you even see people working over open vats of melted plastic with no protective gear. Oh, wow. Which is apparently quite normal. And then they... They go back to the U.S. I'm trying to remember the rest of it. You don't need to give them the synopsis. I won't, synopsis. I won't give you the whole synopsis. <laughs> good, really, really good eye-opening look into recycling and the plastic industry and then also the petroleum industry and what the petroleum industry is trying to do to make it into our fault that this happened. Huh. Huh. Oh, yeah, there's, wow. a, there's a whole campaign that was funded by the petroleum industry basically Mm. telling us that the waste is because we litter Hmm. not because you can do something with the waste it's more like you know the garbage and the the pollution and the waste is because you know americans are litterers and we need to stop litterers oh wow right you're blowing my mind right now (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then for me it would be forks over knives forks over knives as a documentary I think I saw it on Amazon, but it might be on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. It's great because it gets into the health benefits, including things like uh, reducing heart disease and cholesterol levels and skin issues um, just by incorporating more plants into your diet. So I would recommend that for everyone because I'd like everybody to be healthier. Yeah. Cool. Good recommendations. 
Okay. Oh, I wanted to ask you, what is one, what, what, if you had to pick one, what's the one product you think people should try of yours? If they're going to give No Tox Life a try, what would be like the one thing? Try this one. I would definitely say our conditioner bar. Oh, okay. It's very nice. It's a solid conditioner. It's mm-hmm. solid conditioner. It makes your hair very silky and soft and is probably better than any conditioner you've ever used. Okay. Just saying. Okay. Even it's though, really good. Even though I created it, so I'm biased. <laughs> and then I would say our uh, solid dish block because it lets grease okay. and it cleans your dishes. It's palm oil free. It's gray water safe. It's safe for septic systems. It's safe if you're using it when you're on a boat. It's it's Ooh. great for camping. It's also great in just anybody's kitchen. So it's good for yeah. all kinds of things, including taking stains off of clothing, which I've used it for myself. And yeah. also washing down your, uh, what do you call it, your stove and your oven. And it's just, it's just a good, good, good cleaner. And I can attest that. I haven't tried it on the stove. I'm going to need to do that. The only thing is that I have it sitting by the, by the sink. And we have a lot of people over here all the time between like babysitters and whatnot. And people tend to think that's for their hands. And then they're like, where's your dish soap? They're always asking me that. I'm like, this is it. It's solid. It's funny. I've actually used it as a hand soap too. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you could, but it's just funny because people are always like very, I have to explain to them. Yeah. This works as dish soap. Yeah. It's it's an education, right? Yes, it is. Okay, and do you have a recommendation for a brand or product that you're really liking besides your own? I am going to give you my personal recommendation. Okay. So this is for a sustainable clothing brand. Oh, yeah. Sustainable meaning they are doing their own designing, they're doing their own cutting, they're doing their own sewing. It's all handmade, and it's made with sustainable, uh, what's the word, fiber, which is linen, because um, it uses a way, way, way less water than cotton, and it's very, very long-lasting and a beautiful wearing product. Yeah. So that would be Pine and Smith Clothiers. Oh, I haven't heard of them. So it's P-Y-N-E and Smith Clothiers.com. And basically, I live for their product releases to find out what is coming next. They have the most gorgeous linen fabric designs, and they do their own designing, and it's just amazing. So there you go. Cool. Good recommendation. Yeah. Thank you. For me, I <laughs> I don't use body care and hair care products besides what we're making. Oh, yeah, same. So <laughs> that's kind of, I'm, I'm like, I don't buy other people's products. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I if my husband ever buys something that we don't make, I get very upset at him. <laughs> He's like, right out. I was like, Do you realize that we have an entire company making these products? <laughs> Why are you buying that? So anyway. But I would say my little kitchen compost bin, I bought it at Sir La Taube. I don't remember the brand. Uh-huh. I think it might be Oxo, but I'm not sure. It has like a, okay. uh, or maybe it's full circle. Anyway, it has like a special filter on top to keep the the smell in. So like it filters air through, but it keeps the smell inside. So you can keep your compost right in the kitchen. So it keeps it very convenient. Oh. So it 
it kind of looks like a miniature trash can and mine has a green lid. Yeah. Have you seen these before? I haven't, but I have a, like a tabletop composter too. Mm-hmm. It, mine's um, Urban City Composter is the that brand. Might be it. That might okay. be it. Okay. Yeah. And I, I love it. It's so simple to use. <laughs> I, it's actually the first like I'm doing the first compost. Like this is the first time I've ever used it is what I'm trying to say. So <laughs> I can't attest to the results, but I think it's going well. Yeah. <laughs> but I like how it's small and it's just like it sits on the counter. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I don't know if we have the same system, but uh, for me, it's easy because I'm vegan. So I cook with a lot of vegetables. So, yeah. I'll, you know, I do save my vegetable scraps and do um, the veggie broth, but I'll also yeah. have like, you know, dirty ends and or certain things yeah. that you don't want to put in broth because it's in like the yep. broccoli family and it makes the broth really bitter. So yeah, I end up with a lot of fruit and vegetable compost and I don't want to have to like walk outside every single time I'm cooking every night because it's going to be dark. So I, I really like the tabletop one. It's very, very convenient. Cool. Good recommendation. Okay. So how can people find you if they live in California and want to come see the store or if they live across, you know, the globe and want to shop online? How do you recommend people find you? Yeah. So we sell on our website, which you can order pretty much worldwide. There are certain countries that we don't ship to right now. And then if you are in Los Angeles, come visit our flagship. It's near Silver Lake, Highland Park, and downtown. It's in a little tiny part of LA called Glassell Park and we have everything there and then um, on our website we have a where to find us and there's a little map and you can type in your city and state or country and you can find the stores that carry us in that place we are in about 800 stores that's stores that have ordered in the last six months that's awesome yeah I didn't realize that you guys were in so many stores and I looked on your map the other day and I was like, Oh, there's one where I live. So why don't I go there? (laughs) So cool. Yeah. And I love following you guys online too. Oh, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a couple of different Instagram accounts. One is for our main company, which is no talks life. Uh And then one specifically for our retail store in LA, which is no talks life dot LA. Okay. So if you want to see, products that we may not sell online, but we that are available in the store, you can do the notoxlife.la, follow them and they will, they highlight different products that we have in the store. Yeah, we oftentimes will have either we're carrying someone else's product and it's just like a limited thing that we're carrying, or we'll make a small batch of something just for the store. So there are a lot of products that don't make it online. That's good to know. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I will make sure to post all the links of everything that we talked about and definitely to follow you guys online and shop some of those products that we talked about. I love what you guys are doing. I think it's super important. I, I don't know that enough people realize how many, you know, how many nasty things are in the products that we use all the time. So thank you for making products that not only work, but you know, that we can feel safe using. I really personally appreciate it. And it's so cool to see how how you guys are growing as a business. And I hope that continues and, you know, that even more of your thank products you. get out there. And yeah, just thank you for taking the time to, to chat with me and educate us because this has been super helpful to me personally. And I know people are going to really enjoy learning from this conversation. Well, we really appreciate being asked to be on yeah. your show. Thank you yeah. again so much for doing oh, yeah. that. 
Yeah. And I hope that what we shared was informative and helpful and people are going to make some changes in their life from for the better. Yeah. For the better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again for giving us the tools to do that. It's much appreciated. I told you not to sleep on the mushrooms. I don't know about you, but my reading list has definitely grown and I am planning on reading some things about mushrooms. And I never thought I'd say that sentence before, but there it is. Sandy and Callie truly inspire me to live more naturally. We might not know for sure what toxins do to our body and the effects all these products that we're so used to using have on us, but I think we can all agree that living more naturally, going back to the basics as much as possible is probably the best for us. I hope that coming away from this conversation, you feel educated, that you know more what to look for in products, how to do your research. Like I said, I put links to everything that we referenced in the show notes, and that includes those sites that Sandy and Callie recommend for if you're looking to do some of that research. I also put links to all the documentaries and the books that they recommended. And if you like those, I really think you should follow me on Instagram and Facebook. My handle is the Heartfelt Hippie because I love to give you recommendations too, okay? I'm not just over there trying to post cute pictures of myself, but I'm really trying to give you guys helpful tips. So make sure you follow along over there and make sure you're subscribed too because you're going to get notified anytime there's a new episode out, okay? Next week, I am airing the first edition of my mini episode, so that's exciting. And then in the month of June, I have a new interview airing, and I won't tell you who it's with yet, but I will tell you it's going to be about sunscreen, okay? The sun is starting to come out. Summer is almost here. We need to layer up on the screen, so you don't want to miss that episode because it really connects with the conversation today about low toxic living and what to look for in products, except for just a special focus on our SPF, okay? So make sure subscribe so you can get notified when that episode is available and like I said while you're over there please 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 leave a rating and a review if you want to help me give away money that's all you need to do it only takes a minute all right everybody thank you so much for listening as you're out there doing your quarantine shopping make sure you switch to solid products instead of liquids look for that plastic free packaging whenever you can and keep seeking to get enlightened peace out